This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel, glad to have you hanging out with us here as we have a lot to get to on this Thursday afternoon. Braves avoid the series sweep in Arizona as they take them out yesterday six to nothing. Kyle Wright with another outstanding performance. Also have some news to dive into from the SEC meetings. Greg Sankey speaking on maybe intra-conference rules regarding NIL, but kind of waiting to see what the NCAA does. The feud seemingly put to bed between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Paul Feinbaum calling it Nick Saban just swatting a fly off of his salad there. So a lot to dive into. But, of course, starting off with the big matchup tonight, 9 p.m. Celtics-Warriors uh, in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Again, that one's set for a 9 p.m. tip. I'm really excited about this one because I think – it's weird to say this, but the Celtics have kind of become the old guard in the NBA, and now they're the ones going up against the hot, the young, up-and-coming, on-fire team. Uh, and so now as PJ Zuko joins us here on the program, hey, PJ, it feels weird to say this right? because it seems like yesterday that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were the duo that were upsetting the apple cart uh, with LeBron James and company, right? But now they're kind of the old guard going up against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and those guys over with the Boston Celtics. So I'm really looking forward to this one, but I think I have an interesting narrative going into it where a lot of people like us are saying, oh, man, Golden State Warriors, that offense, Clay Thompson, what, 60 points on 11 dribbles in a game? Yeah. Like we – Yeah. Th those are the ones we're sitting around just talking about it, and the kids are like, nah, man, Jason Tatum, right. that guy. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's like you said, it's it's a wild uh, narrative, and, and it's it's different. It feels different for us, but that's that's just the truth. I mean, we yesterday we were just talking about how Steph Curry and just the the way he plays was kind of changing changing basketball. I think that's another interesting narrative in this as well. Is you have the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green, Green, excuse me, and uh, again, I'm I'm happy. I'm almost happy they're getting back to this point. I'm almost happy they're back in the NBA Finals. What does almost happy mean? Because it's proving once again. But what does almost happy mean? You said you're almost happy. I think everyone. Like it doesn't uh, actually I, bring you happiness, every, but it's almost there? It Sure, it makes me happy, but it doesn't make me as happy as like seeing someone different win. You're just, you're always fighting against, of course, elite programs and dynasties right making it back-to-back -back, winning back-to-back -back championships all these things and respecting that like I respect that and I've always kind of liked the Golden State Warriors to be honest with you in this core that they've built because of how they built it until the whole Kevin Durant thing happened and then they became the evil empire for a little bit and now I think they're, they're back into it with the original core plus some new guys in in uh, pool Yep. and some other guys that they have. And to me, it's like getting back to their roots. So I'm happy about that, but they are also still kind of this dynasty that they've made in the 2010s. And there's a part of me that likes seeing the new blood in vying for championships. Oh, so like, I guess here would be my question is, who's the new blood? Maybe not new blood, but because like upset, like upset winners. But I'm always looking for like an upset winner. If we're right? talking about the West, like... The, would the new blood be the Suns? I mean, that's Chris Paul 
And he's sure, been doing it's it for Chris a while. Paul, but look at everyone else around him. Devin it's Booker's also DeAndre been, Ayton. It's but also Devin Booker's been doing it for a minute too. Devin Booker, Booker, who hasn't won a championship. Chris Paul still hasn't won a championship. So, like, for winning NBA championships, yes, it would be new blood. You know what I mean? So, like, and also before last year, who was jotting down the Phoenix Suns as someone who was going to play in the NBA Finals? No, well, I mean um, they, they're still not. Yeah, I know. I said before last year, and they made it to the NBA Finals. So that's, so that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, like, anyway, so that's kind of what I mean. Like, last year I was so satisfied. I went into the finals, and I was like, man, anyone could win this, and I'd be insanely happy. This year, would I be somewhat satisfied if the Golden State Warriors won? Sure, because I think that's another championship for a for a, in a, a respectable dynasty now that okay. they're back to the original core. Can I, can I tell you where I'm at with this? But for the Celtics, I, I know you want. I know, you, cool I know you want to see the Celtics win because Bunch you know that that organization hasn't won enough. And oh, I'm not even saying no. Even I though mean, they've won one in our lifetime, right? That's the thing. I think a lot of people, even I saw um, our our friend Cam, yeah, mentioned that uh, he obviously is a Lakers fan. Whatever, um, he's one of those Lakers fans. Then again, he's a he's a he's a Kobe fan. Then again, at the very least, he's a true Lakers fan in the sense of. He was a Lakers fan before LeBron got there. He's not rooting for the Celtics to win this year. He said there's a lot of Lakers fans that he knows that are rooting for the Celtics to win because they're taking on the Warriors, and the Warriors are now this that's, Western rival to L.A., whatever. He's like, no, man, that's not where no, it's so, supposed to be. Well, with the Celtics, though, they have, they've only won one in our lifetime. That Anything is possible, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen team, right, before LeBron and the Heat showed up. Yeah, for sure. But it is an organization that has won a plethora of championships. Now, yep. were a lot of them pre-merger? Sure, but you know we don't have to dive into that today. That's that's kind of like a mid-July kind of a conversation. Would, but with the goat, Bill Russell? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'd call him the goat. Eleven championships. Yeah. Again, we're getting we don't way need in the, to get we're getting way in the way yeah, back. We don't, we don't need to get. But in that this. being said, <laughs> that being said. I am pulling for the Warriors because more so than pulling for them as a team, I am pulling for a rekindling of sorts because I always love, and I want to be very careful with saying this because y'all know how I feel about Tiger Woods. This almost has the feeling of once Steph got hurt and then when Klay Thompson got hurt and Kevin Durant had moved on, it was like, damn, like that's all right. Well, we didn't. It's like the last time your parents pick you up as a kid. Like, you never know what's going to be. You're yeah. like, man, we didn't really get to, like, say, like, oh, man, this is this is the last time we're going to get to see the Warriors do it. And so it was, like, it was, it was kind of sad. It was, sad. like, ripped away yeah, from Yeah, you us. didn't feel Not, like you was yeah. ever going to get back to that. But now you we're having a second chance to appreciate the Warriors, kind of like with Tiger coming back and winning the Masters. kind of has that feeling where you're like, I appreciate this so much more because I know in a second it can be gone. Yeah. Right? So. Ooh. I, I really want to see that magic, and I think it's a really interesting matchup because just speaking to different people, I mean, the dude who I get Chinese food from loves talking about this. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, he's like, no way that the no way that the Celtics lose. They're just too athletic for the Warriors. The Warriors are old. They're not going to be able to keep up with the athleticism. They're going to get worn down. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, this has all the feelings to me of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson doing something stupid. Yeah. I mean, Steph's back. I don't know if you guys have watched this year, but Steph's back. 
And Clay Thompson slowly but surely is getting back to his old form. Is he, mm-hmm. again, 60 points on 11 dribbles? Probably not. But this is Draymond, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And again, it's the new guard, right? Jason Tatum is taking over. Jalen Brown, a really good player. Marcus Smart, I don't know if he's the defensive player of the year, but that I, I, I know I know yeah. that he is. I don't know yeah. if I agree with that. But he's a he's a scrappy, fun kind of player to watch. So I think this is going to be a fun NBA Finals. But I kind of want to see you know the scene in the movies when like the old guy that everyone's given up on, and they're just like he's like whether it's like the old boxer or whatever it is, and they're like, ah, he's past his prime. And then he just comes out and like shows you what old school looks like and just whips somebody's tail. Right. That's kind of what I want to see from the Warriors. I want to see like a 40-point quarter where like the Celtics are looking around like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, how do we stop this? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. That's what sure. I'm pulling for. And, uh, you know, to, to throw it in there to like to make it complete, you would have to have a situation where like Draymond Green almost gets thrown out of the game, but he doesn't. No, he's got to get at least a couple flagrants in this well, series. Because, like, yeah, if he gets ejected, they're going to lose. But it's like, but, but it's, how many players do you have, like, Draymond Green left in the NBA where it's like he, he doesn't yeah. care if he scores? Right. He's going to get 15 assists, a bunch of rebounds, but more than that, he's your he's your goon, like your hockey goon. Where he's he's gonna out there. Get in that, that he's out there. Because, listen, Steph and Clay very finesse with their game, so you can't let them be, like, pounding in the paint against somebody to send a message. So if somebody gets in their face, it's like Draymond's like, no, I'll take that personal for you. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, you know how, how we talk about in football, we talk about the Indomitian Sioux mindset, right? That you don't love. Well, I don't love because I but feel I like he, like, Every I think the mindset, I know we get into this talk, conversation a lot, but I think the mindset of it is okay. I think using him as an example and stepping over that line or, is done or, too many times. Or stepping on people. Right, right, exactly. Wearing cleats. Yeah, it's not cool. So, anyway, I feel like Draymond Green is that mindset in – Perfection, like I think he does it the best out mm. of anybody in the I NBA think, right think, now. No, I, I'm gonna push back on that. I think Indomitian Sue wants to murder you. I think Draymond. Well, I mean, Green, it's for basketball, I, right? I, but it's, I think, it's different. But I think Draymond Green's more so. I'm gonna get in your head and annoy you. For sure, he's what Pat Beverly wants to be. I'll say that. Yeah, because Pat Beverly almost takes himself out of the game to get in someone's head, like, and then he's out of the game. And like, Sue is Charles Oakley. Like, I'm going to fight you, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. murder you. No, I think you. that's good. But yeah. again, like, that's the old NBA. That's that's not the new NBA. Draymond, so, like, Draymond it's of Green, this generation. Draymond Green just wants to, like, get inside your head and make you laugh. He's the guy who, like, who, who's just like, what? Did I, did I get you, dog? I'm sorry. It's just, like, inside your head, and so he's living rent-free in your head, and you can't play your game. Whereas Sue makes you lose three, four nights of sleep before you have to play him. For sure. I think yeah. The the difference also is there, if if we're talking about like going too far, the difference is Indominus Sue is literally stepping on people, and Draymond Good. Green just kind of swings his legs sometimes. You know, Indominus you know, Sue, Sue is uh, uh, Grayson like, Allen. That's different. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's actually probably just, just tripping people up, causing injuries, grabbing legs. Yeah, Grayson Allen's a problem. Like not in a good way. I don't like that guy at all. But. I don't know that anyway. very many people do. Uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Before we go to break, though, Travis Shadon wrote in, PJ, he has a very important question for you. Which okay. player in this series, because you are the arbiter of who's the homie, uh, which player in this series most embodies being the homie? Is it Draymond? What does that even mean? We were talking about Rich Styles. He said, oh, the homie. Oh, man. Um, I think we just want to hear you say homie. 
Yeah, that's very true, but I'm going to make it worth it. You know who's the homie on this this <laughs> on, on this year's this this series? Probably a guy you didn't even know was in this series. Tell me, please, later. Joe up. Johnson. He's on the Celtics. You just wanted to say that. He can win a championship with the Celtics. So you're saying the homie Joe Johnson gets the, the ring? The homie Joe Johnson sits on the bench in the in the Udonis Haslam role. Although he, he might not even be in the Haslam role because he's not really teaching anybody. Speaking of Haslam. And he's the homie because he's going right. to win a he, championship. He has thrown the homie. He has laid it out there. It's Joe Johnson. Uh, speaking of Haslam. The counter to that? Could be Andre Iguodala because he's doing the same thing for the Warriors. But Andre Iguodala's got rings, uh, and he's got he's got a That's he's true. got a Finals MVP. Um, no, did you point. did you see <laughs> Udonis Haslam? Like they so they have the camera set up in the hallway that leads back to the locker room, so you can always get like the famous video of LeBron yeah. ripping off his jersey for the final time, right? Like you get that that shot. So there's they they want to get Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They want to get Jimmy Butler in it. He's just kind of walking back to the locker room. But in front of him, kind of out of focus, is Udonis Haslam, like two hands on the face, ah, kind of just, just losing it. And people are like, why are, is Udonis Haslam okay. freaking out like he played 40 minutes a game? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. I did see, I, I didn't see Haslam. I, I saw the band Adebayo clip where he literally ripped his jersey, yeah. like ripped his jersey in half. Well, because he's like Superman. That being said, yeah, let's take sure. a quick break. We're going to come back. SEC meetings happening down in Destin. It's too late, though. They uh, lost. Nick Saban, apparently, according to Paul Flambaum, like is anybody a bigger supporter of anyone than Nick Saban is of, or than Paul Flambaum is Nick Saban? Probably not. I I don't I don't know. Like, does your mom support you the way Nick or Paul Flambaum supports Nick Saban? Listen, my mom. No, she support, supports the hell out of you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, does yeah, she yeah. support don't, you as I much as Paul Flambaum supports Nick Saban? I can't say that on the radio. Like, if you said what Nick Saban said about someone else, like what he said about Jimbo Fisher about someone else. Would your mom support you the way Paul Feinbaum has supported Nick Saban? But it wasn't even bad. But I'm just I'm asking. I feel like she would. Or she'd be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. No, she because she would understand. My mom's smart. She would understand that I was perfectly right. fine in what I said. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about <laughs> it next. This is second down on ESPN Radio. Kevin, the mics are on. You're just gonna come in here and talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it's National Bubba Day. That was the news that you just. National Moonshine Day and National okay. Bubba Day. That are one's on the same probably day. a little more. Thank important. you. You can get more hard hitting info like that on Three and Out coming up next. I was wondering if he just told me to tell that to you about the National Bubba Day. I didn't know about the Moonshine one, but I was like, does he really not trust me enough to, yeah. do you to have, tell him it's he's National just excited, Bubba Day? Man, do you have anything <laughs> you want? Pumped. Do you want to extrapolate on this anymore? Or can we can we go? Can we move on from this? I don't know. I do have something I could say about National Bubba Day, but I'm pretty sure it would make all of our listeners mad and hate me. So I don't. Oh, well, now no, I absolutely I want, want you to say it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you can't just tease us like that. All right. Well, is it about Bubba Wallace? If that, no, no, I, no. I like Bubba Wallace a lot. Um, if there's a riot with pitchforks outside, out. Anyway, it's not that bad. Uh, so when I moved down here, <laughs> when I moved down here, I got the news I was moving down here. Um, there were two things I thought we're definitely going to be true about the South. One of them is mostly true. I thought everyone was going to have just a insanely deep, insanely deep Southern accent, which, for the record, most people do. And number two, I thought I was going to come across a lot more Bubba's than I have. I thought, like, everyone was going to be named Bubba. 
And to make matters worse <laughs> with my expectations, like my dad moved down here first for a few yeah. months so when, when he started working. He was like, guys, guess who I met today? Guess, guess who one of my coworkers is? I'm like, who, dad? Bubba. So I thought, I was like, oh, that confirms it. Everyone's going to be named Bubba. In I think house. I have met one Bubba since right? I moved down here. Yes, yeah, not a ton. But I was surprised. Here's where I'm at with the first either. statement you made. You have a more Southern accent than I do. I don't want to talk about and that. And you're from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, actually. So if we could move on. I had, <laughs> I talked to. You just said, uh, you just said, let's move on. And then you just dove right back into the conversation. That's what I just I do want to here. confirm that. That's what I do here. I talked with someone about that last night. And they were like, they basically said, because I was like, I don't know. I feel like it. We've talked about this on the show before. I feel like if I go up north, they're going to think I have a southern accent. And I feel like, or at least a hint of one. And if I stay down brother, here, brother, with, I'm gonna, which, I'm which gonna, I do for the most part, I'm just gonna stop you right a here. lot of people are going to feel like I kind of have a northern accent. No. They're going to ask me why. No. I'm just going to stop you right there. There's only two words in your vernacular that makes me think you're from the north. This is terrible. This is bad news. The word for me. roof, like on top of a house. Yes. And the things that are inside a house, rooms. Right. So you don't have to say them, but those are the two words in your vernacular that make me think you have a northern accent. Outside of that, brother, you are full fledged South Georgia, and I'm here for it. Uh, I, I don't know if I like that. That being said, I want to kind of continue our conversation about the Warriors, but more of extrapolated over sports. Yeah. Do you know who Marie Kondo is? Off the top of my head, no, I do not. I'm sorry. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, like, does this spark joy? It was a big thing, like, three years ago on Netflix. Oh, wow. Where she, like, would go into your house, and basically it's people who were hoarding stuff or just had clusters in their house, and they needed to get rid of stuff. And so, like, one item at a time, she would go, does this spark joy? Oh, God. And if you were like, uh, no, gone. It's like, unless just it brings just you, it away yeah, unless it brings you happiness, like, me, me, it's t-shirts. I can't throw away t-shirts. I should throw away so many t-shirts. I have way too many of them. I need her to come and help me do that. But that being said, I, the Golden State Warriors, I've said it before on this show, <laughs> there are very few things in sports that spark joy to me, like the Warriors in a big game down 10 in the fourth. That exact situation, because I, I actually, know, I know what you mean. Because yeah. I know they're about to put on a show. Yeah. And within a blink of an eye, they could have the lead. Right? So, like, that situation brings me joy. And so you can almost take the could out of that. Like I feel like yeah. almost every time that happens, yeah. they come back. Even if they lose, they take a lead for a second. Yeah, it took Kyrie hitting the shot of his life yeah. to prevent it. Uh, that being said, more so than just the moments, I'm just going to say the Golden State Warriors offense of the 2010s to now brings me joy. So I want to know, like, in your sports watching lifetime wow that's a lot what kind of um, what teams what nascar drivers what whatever in sports have brought you joy obviously i talk about them all the time tiger woods saturday and sunday in a major that brings me joy right it doesn't matter if he wins or loses like that's something i'm tuning into and it, it just it makes me happy uh i'll say johnny manzel texas a&m that brought me joy him and mike evans just like shredding teams uh early 2010 alabama defenses Brought me joy just watching like Ashawn Robinson and Jaron Reed just massacre people. Yeah, that that made me happy. Uh, Patriots, eighteen and one team. Watching that offense was just like a level of euphoria. Right. You know, interesting one. 
I know we it's it sucks because of how it ended, but the 2016 Falcons offense, yeah, was I could see that awesome. The playoff sure. run all the way up until the comeback in the Super Bowl, that offense was so much damn fun to watch. Yeah, I think an obvious one for me is like Saquon Barkley in the open field sparks joy. brings brings me joy. Not in the backfield with. Four defensive linemen around him. No, that does Where he's not. He's having to jump cut his way to a three yard game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He might be able to get two yards out of it, but he's. It's not. It's probably not going deep. Now, if if he has to break one tackle, now. Now he can do that. You know what I mean? Like that. Now that's a possibility. You know, so, you know what else sparks joy for me? And this team was not overly successful, but it just it made me happy. Like the Uptons, Dan Ugla. Braves offense. If it were to work out, yeah. But like uh, Dan Ugly hitting like how many thirty straight games, Kevin? Like that was Which was kind of crazy because then we got the polar opposite of Dan Ugly. Well, I mean, that was just something happened to him. He got abducted by aliens or something and <laughs> yeah. replaced by somebody else for that right. stretch of time. But just like watching those guys, I think Troy Gloss was sprinkled in there a little bit. Still a chipper. Yeah. I think another one, I know this is this. Is terrible because I can name a few specific ones if you'd like me to, but what what definitely sparks joy is when there's like three laps to go in a NASCAR race, and someone is closing in second that I know is gonna do everything they can to win the race, and that might sound including wreck out everybody in front of them. Exactly, Love that, that might sound ridiculous because you're like PJ, they're in second, they're closing. Of course, they're gonna do everything they can. No. A lot of drivers will stop themselves from doing certain things because it's not friendly. It's not the driver etiquette they want to race with. It's not what they would want someone else to do to them, blah, blah, blah. But no, no, no. If you got Dale Earnhardt closing on you and there's three laps to go, there's two yeah. laps to go, and he's, he's in within shouting range yeah. of you, he's going to do everything I, he can. I like want, Carl Edwards, Brad Keselowski. Oh, hit me with the names. Those guys... Joe Logano, we we saw it at Darlington a few a few yeah whether you liked it or not a few weeks ago. Got to William Byron, moved him right out of the way, won the race. So like PJ, I want you to take the last twenty seconds of audio you just dropped on me, and I'm gonna play that anytime you say I don't know. I feel like I have a northern accent. The way you just hit Logano, well, I'm talking about NASCAR, man. They you bet NASCAR have in the to, north. Like, certain... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want. But, but as, yeah, as I was sitting drivers, here listening yeah. to you talk no, about it, sure. I'm, I'm having to like separate because like <laughs> I always talk about Cam Newton and how amazing his single season was. Yeah. It doesn't inherently spark joy for me. It was just I appreciate what he did, and it was really fun to watch him do it, right. just like the 2019 LSU offense. Like It was dominant, and it was a juggernaut, and they beat the hell out of a lot of teams. I don't know that like, it brought me joy as much as Felix Jones and Darren McFadden running the yeah. wildcat for Arkansas. True. Like that sparked joy. Watching like Steve Spurrier have no damn idea how to stop Darren McFadden from just gutting his team over and over and over and over again. Yeah. That sparks joy. For sure. I would take that a step for, further. You start talking about now Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, they are on a level of themselves, right? But then again, once that happened, all we heard was that's not going to happen in the NFL. You can't do that in the NFL. And then Ronnie Brown, yeah, and what well, Ricky Williams, I'm pretty sure was still there for for the Dolphins. I don't know that Ricky was still there. I could be wrong. I he probably wasn't there. That's probably my. I memory could be. I could be completely wrong. But definitely Ronnie. I thought he came back. I don't know. 
Anyway. It was Ronnie but Brown. Yeah, Ronnie Brown. For, it was mainly Ronnie Brown. Just the wild dolphin. With the wild dolphin decimating the NFL for like eight weeks. And then it, they figured it out. But for that little glimpse of time. That sparked joy? That sparked joy for me. Absolutely. I love it, I love it in the NFL when, when especially when you hear about how it just can't happen because that's not the NFL way and they're too good and too smart for that, and then it happens, I love when that happens. It's like mobile quarterbacks, right? Well, no, they're not pocket passing six foot three, whatever. I don't care. I will say like 2009 to like 2011 Georgia Tech sparks joy for me. Yeah. Watching Paul Johnson and the boys get after it, running the flex bone. True. Absolutely. You know, those couple years, uh, who was it? I think Keenan Reynolds with oh, Navy. Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those those few years, they were like in the top 25 basically at the end of three straight years or something like that. That sparked joy for me. Obviously, big Navy family. Running the option of perfection, beating some big teams in the process. That was fun. It doesn't sound like joy. You kind of tailed off there at the end. I don't know if you should tail off when something brings you joy. I okay, think, man. I think we may be reaching at that one. I don't know. I don't know. That was fun. It's okay. Um, Not everything has to bring you joy. It's okay. You can like things, but if they don't bring you joy, we just got to kind of we just got to push them to the side. Speaking of pushing to the side, we got it. Yeah, I don't understand. We got to push this segment to the side. We could do this all day. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Speaking of which, we want you to do it. At tweet us at ESPN Coastal. You can comment on Facebook. What, what team or player just brings you joy to watch? The conversation obviously started with us talking about the Golden State Warriors offense. Steph Curry yeah. and Clay Thompson just brings you joy. I'm kind of proud of myself there to watch that. I only used one Penn State example. You did, and I think you could use a lot more. Oh, that means, several. <laughs> that being said, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk about some of the quotes uh, from the SEC meetings that are happening. Greg Sankey addressing some of the key issues around college football. And Kirby Smart being very statesmanlike down in Destin, which just doesn't seem to fit. I, I want know. WWE promos going on down in Destin, but it's it'll been, be that way when the football season. It's starts. been pretty civil, yeah, so far, and I'm I'm not I'm not here for it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care. of of all of your uniform needs. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you hanging out with us here on second down. Down in Destin, uh, the coaches headed out of town yesterday as they wrapped up their portion of the SEC meetings. Uh, and a lot of key issues being addressed, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be any resolution really coming out of these meetings. Uh, they did not hold a vote in terms of the scheduling for the SEC going forward. Obviously, if you're following the timeline, that's not something they're going to need to do until probably at the latest next year around this time before they release a schedule for 2025 when Texas uh, and Oklahoma are scheduled to join the conference. Uh, but that being said, some other news coming out of the SEC meetings, one of them from Scott Strickland, the athletic director at the University of Florida. Now, we talked about this the other day, PJ. Kirby Smart kind of putting voice to he feels like the program's at a disadvantage because they lose a home game every other year mm-hmm. to the game down in Jacksonville. Right. Kevin Thomas rolling his eyes into the back of his head. Uh, 
And Josh Brooks, Georgia's athletic director, seems to be following his coach's, I guess, message and saying we're not going to commit to re-upping the deal, which goes through 2023. After that, there's an option for two more years, so 2024-2025, so both teams can technically get the home game there. But Scott Strickland uh, was asked about it. He says there's a lot of tradition there. Gators feel pretty strongly about that. It's been there for decades. I'd like to see it continue. So Scott Strickland putting voice to, hey, we want to see this thing stay in Jacksonville. Are, are, are we are it, we surprised at all that Georgia and Florida aren't agreeing on something? No, I mean, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have it any other way. There you go. But that being said, I'm curious your thoughts on it. So if you're Kirby Smart or Billy Napier and you're losing a home game, yeah. And again, we're not talking about revenue. Kirby Smart's coming at this from a recruiting standpoint, mm-hmm. right? You're not getting to show off the facilities you just spent eighty million dollars on. You're not getting to show off your campus. You're not getting to show off 90,000 supporters in the stands, your locker rooms, right? You're showing off the Jaguars stuff. Yeah, sure. Saying, hey, isn't this cool? We're in an NFL stadium in Jacksonville. Correct. So it just yeah. it, it kind of hurts a little bit in terms of recruiting. Now, I mean, if you listen to the old Florida coach, that you talk about recruiting during recruiting season. Yeah. But that being said. Right. I think Scott Strickland going more from the angle of, hey, football tradition, like we play in Jacksonville, that's what we do, whereas Kirby Smart coming at it from the point of view of this is business. Yep. And if we're going to get our guys to commit to us, we need that extra game. True. So if you're if you're Billy Napier, you're Kirby Smart, and the athletic director is sitting down with you saying, hey, we got to either sign this contract or not about extending this game, where are you sitting? If if I'm a if I'm a head coach in yeah. these situations, if I'm a head coach, I'm saying exactly probably what Kirby Smart is. If I'm a head coach, I want to be able to show off my facilities, my fans, my environment, and also have that opposing team. Like I'm not even thinking about the money that we could bring in. For I'm thinking about. That also that opposing team having to come in into my hostile environment because you're talking about like I'll be real, you're talking about two of the best I think environments and stadiums in in college football. You're just talking certainly about like, top. I'd say if I'm being like really skeptical, top fifteen, like yeah. easily top fifteen. Yeah, I'd probably say that. probably close probably to top, top 10, ten for both. both of them. Yeah, probably top ten, maybe top. I don't 15. want to say anything wild off the top of my head though. We will do the rankings. No, I get day. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think if you want to get in the ins and outs of what makes a good stadium a good stadium, whatever, I'm more talking about the, the environment and what those fans can bring to the table. Um, just it, being a hostile threat in game for right. for that opponent. And yeah, if I'm the coach, I want that. Um, I can save a neutral site for either if we really want to do this, the opening game of the season. Well, I'd rather not have that either if I'm a head coach or a bowl game. Like, we can save that for that. Yeah, and I it, think I think Kirby Smart, you've seen Georgia do a lot more of these under him, has been, like, he kind of views that as a chance to continue the national narrative. That, yeah. like, it's Florida-Georgia is a very SEC game. Is it a game that's broadcast nationally on CBS? Certainly, but it's a very regional game, whereas yep. Oregon-Georgia is different. That's, that's a nationwide game. 
intrigue kind of a game. So that's kind of putting your, look, you want to go get Brock Bowers from Napa, California. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret why they're playing a team from the West Coast here. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that's a very good point. And uh, I think also uh, maybe, I don't know, Billy, Billy Napier, uh, I'm, I'm sure, is really solid in this right as well. But I think Kirby Smart, again, is coming at it from an angle of to be a, a great program and a great coach in college football right now, and I think it's been this way for a long time, you have to not only be elite in what you do on and off the football field, but also an elite recruiter. And you've got to be thinking about that 250% of the time. Yeah, You just do. Because, again, you're not only recruiting <laughs> during the, your other players nowadays, oh, yeah. you're recruiting your own players every single day as well. well so, so, okay, that brings me to where I was going to go with this. Next is I yeah. find it intriguing. If Kirby Smart was Brian Kelly, right? Like Brian Kelly came down from Notre Dame to take over as Georgia's head coach, and he starts wow, he God, starts saying this, it's going to be like, who the hell who does this you? guy yeah. think he is right? coming down here from where is he from to – <laughs> to say you're pulling a game out of Jacksonville? Who yeah. are you? Kirby Smart's from Bainbridge. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart played at the University of Georgia. Kirby Smart played in Jacksonville in right. these. And so I find it intriguing that a dude who played in this might be saying, like, as a player, we don't really care. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Like, I get it. There's a lot of reasons why that people from this area as well would be advocating for keeping it in Jacksonville, and I totally understand that. Like you said, like, that... There's I mean, it's, it's its own standing business, right? You have the the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame. Ben's a member of that. Yeah, like it's its own standing event. Mm-hmm. But I think kind of what you said, Kirby Smart's not allowed to care about your business. Exactly. He has to care about <laughs> his. Yep. And if he does, he's yeah. if he starts to, he's going to start to to lose his grip now, on the football team. Could this be Kirby Smart <laughs> kind of pushing in a way to say we need a different kind of cut? out of this or we need different regulations like maybe both of us can bring recruits to these things every single year so we're not really we're not losing one of those every every year i don't know is this maybe kirby smart with a little bit of a power play i don't know i kind of take him out his word on this which is he doesn't like losing that game mm-hmm. I, yep. or maybe you count it as an away game every year for both teams right and then they still get that other home game so it, it might just be him trying to flex but i know for a lot of people on st simon's a lot of people on jekyll and then down into jacksonville that's a huge week every year. For sure. I mean, yeah, I fully agree with that. Like, there's a lot of people that disagree with what we're saying, but what I'm saying, but because of for but that you have reason to look purely, at it from the but perspective like, from as Kirby a Smart, coach's yeah. perspective, and as it's almost like, why not have another weekend, especially with our biggest rival, like our biggest rival in our home stadium. Uh, think of the not only environment but publicity we we could have. We could show that off to, to recruits. I mean, it's it's almost a no-brainer. When you're looking at it from that angle, it's almost a no-brainer to, to just have it be a home-and-home. Home. Uh, speaking of the SEC, news coming out today. Arkansas has announced an extension for head coach Sam Pittman. The new five-year agreement began retroactively uh, on January 1st, uh, and it's going to go through December 31st, 2026. And then if an agreement... From that, you have an extra option through 2027. So a whole lot of different incentives in there for finishing inside the top 25, top five, going to different bowl games. But I think a well-deserved extension for the old head man of the Hogs, who just a few years ago was coaching Georgia's offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's done an incredible job kind of turning uh, the the state of that team and program around. And I I don't think done yet. 
you know, looking forward to seeing what they can do this year. Obviously going to need some people to step up there in the wide receiver group, but uh, have their quarterback coming back, uh, have some good defensive players coming back as well. Like, I think they could be in for another year where uh, they're, they're ready to upset some people that maybe you're not, you know, looking for, that, that, that you don't expect. So I think it would be really cool. Again, we're talking about environments. Like, that was one place that hadn't seen a, a big, important kind of primetime game in their stadium for a long time. And when they did, they showed out and uh, came up with the upset as well, and that really sparked the rest of the year. So, yeah, like you said, I think very well-deserving, and now I can't wait to see kind of what they do moving forward and maybe upset some more people this year. There you go. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. PJ, you have multiple things we have to get to here. Yeah, man, there's there's a lot of stuff going on uh, on my phone right now. Um, one right, of which, be careful. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, right. We talked about, first of all, we talked about uh, the players and moments that sparked joy. Yeah. And our uh, sporting experience, uh, you turned it to the fans. Uh, one wrote in, and uh, Stevie mentioned Tommy Frazier. That guy. Old, yeah, for sure. Of, you know uh, how Ben like, does, like fame. you know how Ben does the like full like CV resume when he brings guests on. Yeah. Tommy Frazier, Fiesta Bowl MVP, two times Orange Bowl MVP, Big Eight Offensive Player of the Year, Johnny and I's Golden Award winner, uh, Quarterback of the Year, Consensus All American, Big Eight Freshman of the Year, uh, number fifteen, retired by the University of Nebraska. Yeah, as it should be. Uh, also, uh, not, also not, two time national champion. Yeah, not added in there. Uh, you won't see this on the Wikipedia page. Uh, stole that national championship from Penn State. So beautiful. Anyway, um, What's the other thing? Also, second thing. Farewell, sweet prince. Somebody die. Ryan Patrick. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Excuse me. Ryan Fitzpatrick. What about him? He's retired. Oh God. PJ. Seventeen years. You can't say stuff like that. Seventy-five different NFL teams. I know you think it's not possible, but it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Retired. Ryan's Fitzpatrick. <laughs> How many different ways can I say his name? Apparently not correctly. Oh man, that guy. That's that's the <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Is, is just that's how you honor his career. That's the soliloquy. See, you're ruining me. Soliloquy that you weave into him. Second best. You said just PJ. <laughs> What what are your thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick's? Wait, how do you say it? Ryan's Fitzpatrick's Ryan's Fitzpatrick Patrick. That guy. That guy. That guy. Incredible. Was he ever quarterback? Was he ever incredible? He was. No, he was was absolutely incredibly mediocre. He was was specific to his role. If your quarterback some of these words. If your quarterback got hurt or suspended or whatever, and he had to come in in relief for one quarter to, like, three games. He would be spectacular during that time. Once it got turned over to him, Ryan, we don't believe in this guy anymore. You're the starter. You've proven yourself. Here you go. Everything went out the window. But for that little window of time, he would be incredible for your football team. And, hey, he did it for 17 years. So good for him. That guy. 
that that guy. So Ryan Fitzpatrick retiring. Three and outs coming up next. Uh, but today, PJ. I wonder if they'll have more on that. On that, I would maybe. I don't know. <laughs> perhaps. Uh, that being said, uh, today is Lou Gehrig's day in Major League Baseball. Oh, uh, yeah. Second annual started last year. Uh, so every June 2nd, Major League Baseball going to recognize Lou Gehrig uh, and the continued fight against ALC or ALS. Let the baseball Freudians live in there against ALS. Uh, and I think the best way to put it and why we need to be more focused on it than one day a year, there is a 0% survival rate yeah. right now for ALS. So somebody who is diagnosed with ALS in 2022 gets exactly the same diagnosis as Lou Gehrig got when he received the news at the Mayo Clinic almost 80 years ago today. So Major League Baseball recognizing that today. We'll catch up with everyone tomorrow.